This is the European edition of Breaking Banks, the world's number one fintech podcast and radio show. We bring you the European unicorns, startups, founders, regulators and leaders innovating the rapidly evolving fintech scene today. A truly localized podcast with both English and local language content with some of the world's most well-known hosts and influencers in the fintech sector globally. Join us every week as we explore what makes the European Union a phenomenal proving ground for many of the fastest growing fintech plays in the world today. Okay, let's roll. Hello, everyone, and very much welcome to another Breaking Banks Europe. And today we're going to talk about sustainable finance. Uh, it's a really interesting topic, very hot in the sector at the moment. Uh, and we've got some distinguished guests to discuss the subject and ex- ex- find out a little bit what's going on and uh, what's going to happen over the coming period uh, on this subject. So we're going to talk about nudging. We're going to talk about greenwashing. We're going to talk about data all the subjects that you probably have seen in connection to this topic. And we're going to discover what it means. Um, with me today are uh, David Lace and uh, Jean-Louis Warnold. Uh, very happy to have you here on the show. Welcome, guys. Thank, Thank you so much for, for having us. Excited to be here. Thanks. Great to have you here. And I think you're both very active in the space of actually uh, figuring out how financial services can support moving into a more sustainable future. Uh, and I'm really curious to learn a bit more. Where did, how did you get into the space? So maybe, David, can I give you the floor? Tell us a bit about what you're working on and how you ended up there. Yeah, sure. Um, so, hi, David. Um, actually, my background is in payments over the last 18 years. So I started in uh, acquiring moves later on and issuing. And um, around 2015, I took a little bit of a break. And um, I wanted to travel around the world. Um, I only made it into Asia. Um, that's another fun story because then the boat sunk, but that's a different story for a different <laughs> podcast. Um, and um, stuck in Asia, I was uh, discovering this beautiful landscape. And actually, um, you know, I, I, I ended up with most of those beautiful beaches and um, I saw a lot of trash flying around. And um, being German and what Germans can really do well is complaining. So I complained, why is no one cleaning this up? I mean, it's so beautiful here. And why is the trash flying around? And because I had a bit of time, I actually was looking into the problems. And it was the first time I actually had time and I really discovered the, uh, the entire topic around sustainability and why we have a problem and why is this environmental and plastic pollution and, and, and carbon. Before that, it was pure payments and, and, and everything around us in my world. Um, That's also interesting because I think this is far beyond what we very often talk about these days, like the carbon uh, overkill that we have on the planet. Yeah. This is really about physical pollution you could see, right? So yeah. um, a really clear in- incentive as well to do something about it. That was the first thing that I, where I really noticed it. Right, carbon is such an abstract thing, and I don't, I don't smell it. I can see it. Um, um, it's, it's, I cannot really relate to it. Um, and this is what triggered me. And because I had a bit of time, I basically dived into this topic. And the, the first kind of immediate reaction I had is like, okay, that's weird. Why is no one working on this? If it's really such a big problem. Yeah. Um, so actually, my first reaction was like, uh, is that true? Because otherwise, the entire world would try to find solutions around it and not just, you know, lying around. So I, that was what hooked me. And then the second reaction was like, okay, if it's if it's that bad, um, what can I do? Um, is it really just a business case or is it is it is it, is it up for scientists to solve this problem or is it actually has something to do with me? And uh, I, I started to, you know, look at all of those tools that have been around, like 
calculate your carbon footprint things and they have to fill out formulas and all of that stuff. And at some point it says, oh yeah, you are at uh, X amount of carbon uh, roughly a year. And it's like, cool. Now is that a lot or is that actually a problem or what are the next steps? And um, so actually, I, I, you know, I think it's like like a lot of consumers, we, we see now, we acknowledge the problem, we want to do something, but it's so complex that I want some guidance, right? And yeah. and this is how the entire uh, journey began. And um, so as of now, I'm one of the co-founders of Ecolytic, and um, we built a, a, a technology and data analytics software that helps us as consumers to understand our individual influence on the uh, on the planet and help us to understand what we can do better by analyzing our purchase behavior and um, giving us tips and tricks and nudges all the time at the right information to kind of, um, you know, take our hand and trying to reduce our individual footprint on yep. the basis of financial transactions, because this is where uh, a lot of information comes together. Um, it's a great uh, journey to start with. Great. I think really interesting solution. And so just to make it really practical, right? So how, how do people get access to this? Is this something that they would get from their bank or their credit card provider as an additional service? Or do, do they can they sign up for that on their own? How does that work? Yeah, correct. So we work really in the B2B space or rather B2B2C. That means yep. um, our customers are the banks that implement our solution and through their a mobile offering or online offering, they customers can basically experience this. Um, so we 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 don't have any end consumer facing apps. Unfortunately, you cannot sign up to something and can just start using it. We are really the the party in the background of the banks. Very good. So people should knock on the doors of their existing providers to uh, make them work with you, basically. Exactly. Very good. Well, thanks. I think there's a really interesting story about the ecolytic, and we'll 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 definitely dive in deeper a bit there. Uh, but uh, Jean-Louis, you're 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 pretty close to this space. Uh, but I'm really curious about how you got here as well with uh, with the work you do with Future. Yeah, thank you. So to be honest, I was uh, pretty ignorant about climate change for for most of my life. I think my my big passion was uh, looking to bring more more business and more more investment into emerging markets, particularly in in East and West Africa. And so I spent uh, the first uh, part of my uh, career, both uh, as an advisor uh, in the Obama administration, um, and uh, and then building startups in in uh, places like Ghana, Kenya, and and Tanzania, um, and so that was my 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 passion and, and kind of climate change. You know, I, I knew something, but I just didn't know enough. Um, for me, that changed dramatically when I saw firsthand what the impacts are of, of climate change in communities in in, in northern Kenya, where you have a mix of high humidity and and and, and very high heat. You have repeated uh, extreme weather events, uh, events that are often uh, not even kind of publicized and, and and recorded. And there are no safety nets. And it was apparent to me, um, you know, just uh, about a year and a half ago, uh, that everything that I was so passionate about um, on on uh, certainly in on, on the African continent. Was ultimately threatened by climate change, right? Because the the way it was disrupting livelihoods um, was was so deep and profound that I felt everything else that I've been doing was just not going to matter unless there is um, a, a a solution or a part of a solution to to the bigger problem. Um, and so that kind of became my my obsession, um, kind of trying to figure out well, 
you know, what, if any, contribution might, might I might be able to, to, to make. And I really started with myself, right? We've had um, an atrocious carbon footprint as, as, as our family, right, living in uh, the American suburbs. Um, and I kind of figured out, what can we do? Right. Um, so I looked at planting trees and I realized, you know, to offset our carbon footprint, we have to plant over 7,000 uh, trees and we got to make sure that we look after them, you know, year after year and they yep. grow from small trees to big trees. And that just seemed daunting. Um, and I started looking at consumption choices, um, initially publishing everything that we bought uh, online, right, from the milk to the T-shirts that we buy. And then working with the academic community and kind of friends and colleagues uh, to try and score that, right? Um, really in a crowdsourced way. And I realized that climate change and the solutions to climate change are often presented as these kind of stark choices, right? You eat meat, you're a vegan, you fly, you don't fly. Um, but what I realized that there are so many opportunities for me to dramatically reduce my carbon footprint with the right nudges and the right information that aren't hard at all. Um, and so Future is focusing on choices that you know, every family, uh, every household can make that are good for your wallet and good for the planet. It's kind of no-brainers where you can save some cash and you can save carbon, um, and we are building the ecosystem to kind of help you um, understand what choices matter, what choices matter less, and then understand the financial impact of those choices as well. Yeah, nice, nice. And I think so. So you've attached that to a credit card, right, or at least a payment means as well, where you could actually it's a, it's a, get not just to do yeah. the right thing. Yeah, it's a it's a debit card, um, and you know the the kind of first point is uh, we were looking to kind of disrupt the existing uh, reward system, right? With with most major uh, credit cards or debit cards, you get extra points, extra cash back on filling up your tank, on flying, on, you know, eating out at, at, at restaurants. And so um, our uh, future card visa debit card is, I believe, the first card that kind of turns it around, right? We give you cash back if you charge your car. We give you 5% cash back if you take the, the, the train or the bus or you buy yep. secondhand clothes or plant-based meat. And so it's really kind of, changing the conversation and rewarding you basically to lower your carbon footprint. Nice. Yeah, I think that, uh, and, and so I'm very curious about your experiences there as well, what kind of effect it has on people's choices. I mean, I think one of the challenges that we see, if you want to change people's behavior, there needs to be a proper incentive behind it or a strong social movement to actually make it work. So what is your experience there so far? Yeah, so, I mean, I would say we, I mean, the the, the company is, is, is just over a year uh, old, so, so we are we, we're, we're a startup, and I'm very kind of data driven, and so yeah. uh, I think I want to caveat that, but because I think that the lessons that we've learned um, thus far uh, is that we've been able to to kind of build a movement, and we now have members in every uh, uh, every single state across uh, the U.S. Right, north, south, east, uh, west, and I think what really resonated is is the sense that you know this is something that is good for the planet, uh, but it's also rewarding for me and particularly it's accessible to me uh, if I you know, don't have the cash to you know, get a Tesla or get a solar roof or you know, make some of those sustainable choices that are very often attached with a very high price tag and really 
um, are not as kind of inclusive and accessible to you know most average families as as, as they could be. So I think that there's been a, a good uh, a good response, and we are um, yeah we, we're really excited to to, to see where, where where this goes. I think um, you know we we all have points, we all love nudges, um, and in our case, you can rake up your climate points and you can get cash back, or you know we offer you uh, a whole host of interesting. Uh, rewards um, in in our app that further help you kind of lower your utility bill or you know have a more sustainable commute to to the office and so that's uh, that's the ecosystem we're building. Yeah, I think a great. I think a very nice initiative to 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 try and nudge people to do the right thing. What what, what I'm curious about, maybe to take a to take on uh, from the both of you is, let's say, where do we stand from the acceptance perspective, right? So I think we're actually coming from a, from a phase where we weren't willing to make any changes to our life. Uh, you see now that I think you already mentioned sort of the discrepancy between sort of a very black and white discussion about the environment, right? So either you're doing good as you're not flying, you're not barbecuing, you're a vegan and so on, or you're doing very bad because you do everything that God has forbidden. Um, but, uh, you know, I think that that sort of is also a signal of sort of the maturing, the phases that we need to go through to actually accept all this, where at some point we actually might have to do some serious concessions to our way of life. Uh, I'm really curious about your take on that. So what, what's your vision since you really dive into the data as well, both of you, uh, into, you know, what is the actual impact of the choices that we make? Uh, and is it just, I mean, if we all do 50% better, are we actually on the right track or are we actually way, way away from, you know, doing the right thing? That's, I think, I always find an interesting discussion as well to also appeal a bit to people, you know, because I think we're definitely at the stage where everyone wants to make some effort, but we're not willing to give up everything, right? So I think that's 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 a, a, a yeah a journey that we have to make to come to a point that we actually are you know, in sync with you know our future life at some point. Yeah, Maybe. I think you're right. You, you said right. It's it's a journey, right? And um, actually, the, the the data that we see and we have about two and a half years of data now um, is that um, in average or let's say in high performance, not really average, average is a bit below now, but really the most we can do in our own behavior is around 10 to maximum 15% of our emissions changing through behavior. Because the 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 biggest amount of our emissions are comes with the infrastructure we're using, right? So the apartment yeah. I'm currently in, um, I will not be able to change it, right? I cannot do it more energy efficient or something like that. I can do my parts of it, but in order to really make it sustainable, I would do significant changes to it. And um, that's something I can't change. Or even with a car, yes, I can change the car um, and I can easily switch to electric one, but actually in, in, in pretty much a lot of cases, it makes sense to use my car and, and use it for a couple of more years before I actually change it to a new EV one and I change it every year or something like that. So and the problem is sustainability and my, my simple choice are actually very complex and it really depends a little bit on the situation. This is where we need to have the right tools to access this, right? Um, in order to make the right conscious decision. And um, that is limited. But what we can do, if we all starting acting together, it accumulates quite dramatically. And what also was happening, we are setting focus for industries, right? Right now, I give you a very, very interesting or very simple example. So um, I'm primarily vegan. I'm not saying I'm a vegan because sometimes I really like meat. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm admitted here, even an environmentalist, but I, I rarely eat it, right? So 
And, and it's very funny when, when I go to friends and they're not that into environmentalism, or whatever, and say, hey, let's meet at this at one of my favorite restaurants, a vegan restaurant. It's like, oh, vegan, really? But if I invite them and say, hey, let's meet there, and I don't say anything, they go out there and say, wow, this was really, really good food. It's like, do you actually notice this is all vegan? What? No, never, right? And it's it's this it's this 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 changes that we have to do society wise, right? Uh, vegan food is not bad. And actually, if you give the right recipes, you will be your mind will be blowing, saying, "Really, this is this is so good." And I think this is what's happening with changes. We we need to overcome them, and slowly but surely, we're going to the steps where saying, "Okay, I can do this." You know, I don't need every day meat. Actually, you know, if, as long as I know the alternatives and they're super yummy, I'm going to eat it because I'm not going to eat meat because I. I want to eat meat. I eat meat because it's tasty, right? And if I have a good, tasty alternative, of course, I like variations. But that's me. You know, some other people maybe not. But I think we, this is where where we really need to have this. Um, we need to break through this barriers, saying, "Hey, small changes." As you said at the beginning, it's a journey. Small changes, step by step, and it will accumulate up, and it will change in our society. So I live in Berlin. I can go out and be a, a vegan person in Berlin easily and have the best food in most of the restaurants. I just come back from Portugal. It's almost impossible in the landscape to get anything without meat or any kind of uh, dairy products. Um, and it takes longer there, but that's fine, right? I mean, it's a journey. And, and I think the, so I, I think the, the way we, we, we're looking at, at, at this, and I think the reason that we focused on kind of personal consumption is because I, in my view, I think everything is, 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 is connected. And I think, you know, depending on how you, uh, how you look at kind of personal consumption and, and, and what it entails, um, I think you can say it's a kind of smaller piece. I think for us, I think we're really looking at this as, as the majority of, of emissions, right? Because it, it, it impacts how our electric grid is structured. It impacts, uh, you know, what the energy matrix looks like. It impacts, um, how people get to and from, uh, from from work, right? I'm here in, in in New York, and obviously I, you know, take the metro. I can take uh, take a city bike, or I can take a, a new, you know, Revel Tesla taxi, um, and 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 do that in a in a way that's uh, definitely has a, a, a materially lower lower carbon footprint. Um, and I think what's what what we often find is that the the choices that matter are not as you know, readily transparent. Uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll like the example, David, that, that that you mentioned around, you know, the the, the choices for plant based meat and dairy, for example. Right? I have a, a family. We we have kids. We consume an enormous amount of dairy. We, we barely eat meat. So when we started really dissecting our carbon footprint, really on the item by item level, right? The milk, the cheese, like everything that's in our fridge, you know, everything that we we consume on a on a day to day basis. Um, we realized that dairy is huge, right? Because we consume an enormous amount of milk. Um, we didn't like a lot of the uh, alternative, but we actually did a sampling as a family. So we tried, you know, seven different varieties and we found one that we really liked and that's what we switched to. It's not hard at all, right? It just yep. like, you know, it's got, you know, based on the, the, the studies, it's got roughly a 75% lower carbon footprint um, and has not changed anything, right? It's, lower, actually no cholesterol, so it's better for, for our health. And so these are no-brainer choices. And I think there are a lot of them. And we actually look deep into the data with uh kind of kind of former colleagues and and friends at at um 
you know, at, at the Martin School at, at Oxford or at the Columbia Climate School or, or, or in, in, in Arizona, um, to understand those, those, those choices in, in detail. And there are a lot of kind of common sense ones, you know, I save money, I save carbon, um, and I'm also sending a signal to the market. Um, and I think that's where I think this kind of, you know, our focus on kind of personal consumption and I think the more system-based thinking is, is really coming together. Yeah, I think that's important. Sorry if I jump in. The signal, right? If even though maybe our actions right now are not so, and we can do dramatic changes, but that requires a lot of changes, which a lot of us are not willing to take right now, and that's fine, right? Because it's a journey. But sending the signals means we're going to drive the market in the long run, and that is, I think, is the key message here: is let's start step by step, and if more and more people ditching milk, well, the milk producers will have a problem, and they will look into other directions do they like it of course not it's their business model right but i think this is what needs to be changed and and this is i think the great power of of the consumer if we as consumers do a conscious choice the industries needs to follow and um they will find other alternatives and that's okay yeah i think that's definitely a great suggestion there and uh I think um, uh, I'd love to talk to you a little bit more about what the role of the financial industry is going to be to actually help us make this transition and complete the journey. Uh, but we'll do that after the break. So I'll talk to you in a bit. The FTS Group builds innovation ecosystems. We engage incumbents, investors, entrepreneurs, technology partners, and regulators to build trusted and connected fintech tribes around the world. We firmly believe that innovation in financial services will truly improve people's lives. Learn more on ftsgroup.eu. Welcome back uh, to Breaking Banks Europe number uh, 148. Uh, we're continuing the conversation here with David and Jean-Louis on green finance and the way you could, we could actually nudge people to do the right thing for the environment. Um, we just left off with, I think, some really interesting uh, conclusions about how you can, uh, you know, step by step nudge people to do the right thing. Uh, one question I'd like to drop with you is, we see a lot of negative framing as well, where we see that people are, you know, not supposed to be flying, not supposed to be eating meat, uh, not supposed to be traveling at all. Um, that has also quite some uh, backlash in the in the, in society, I think, where a lot of people are just saying, you know stay away from the things that I like in my life and, you know, don't forbid them to me. Uh, you get kind of a sort of resistance towards the whole sustainability movement. I'm just curious about your thoughts there on that and, and perhaps on also how we can prevent this polarization. Jean-Louis, can I start with you perhaps? Well, I'm curious about your yeah. thoughts. I, I think for, for us, I, I think, yeah, what, what uh, I think one, one of the things that, that we certainly celebrate at, at, at Future is that, you know, we, we have members in, in, in every state um, uh, across across the U.S., right? It doesn't matter what the political affiliation is, or you know, it doesn't matter um, uh, what what the, the particular demographic um, is, because I think there's a there, there's a sense that there are choices that we can make um, that yeah make sense to a whole host of families, um, and uh, and that are not necessarily uh, a black and white. And I think. For us, it was really important to, to focus on the on on the the, the, the positive, uh, positive messaging, and just figure out how can we make those choices more accessible. Um, what I you know mentioned at the at, at the start of the, the show is that you know for us it was 
fairly easy to switch to solar roof and to kind of switch to um, to 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 electric uh, to electric vehicles. Um, but those choices are not yet as accessible as 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 they as they should be. And so I think presenting them more broadly and making sure that um, uh, more families have the opportunity to to make those uh, choices and decisions, I think, is is absolutely crucial. Um, and what what uh, future with with our future part is is focusing on is is just you know trying to present options to you that just make sense. Like we switch all of our shopping to secondhand, right? Uh, it's the same brands. I cannot tell the difference in terms of uh, in, in terms of the the, the quality. Uh, oftentimes. Um, and again, it matches the industry to kind of take circularity um, and resource use more, more, more seriously. But I've also saved at least a thousand dollars. And, you know, my kids couldn't care less whether it's, you know, brand new or it's it's coming kind of from one of the, the kind of secondhand um, circular fashion marketplaces. Um, and those actions actually can drive not, you know, kilograms and kilograms, but like tons and tons of, of carbon emissions. And Championing this and and really empowering consumers uh, to go in that direction, I think is is uh, still uh, at the beginning, but I think it's a huge opportunity for really a, a significant shift in just how we consume and and how uh, uh, how kind of our everyday lives uh, function in terms of the choices that we make. Yeah, what's your thought yeah. on that, David? Yeah, yeah. Thanks to Adam, and I think um, you said it quite well. It's it's not a black and white discussion, right? It's it's actually um, it's 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 a difficult one sometimes, and I think it's complex, and uh, it depends on the scenarios. And um, I think you know the in 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 many cases the um, we we don't want to tell anyone don't eat meat. That's not what we want to do, what, what what science does is basically, these are the implications if you eat meat. And yes, they have a large portion of carbon emissions. And um, that's all what we're telling you. You can still eat it. That's fine. But we're basically giving the um, responsibilities then back to you. And I think this is what a lot of people don't like. It's like, oh, suddenly I'm responsible that I love meat, right? And this is where people become defensive and saying, why? I mean, I always ate meat and so on and so on. I think this is with a lot of industries, but it's 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 a complex topic. We need transparency and we need to measure it. And then we can start to take, you know, conscious action on, on around it. And um, I think in, in in entire public discussions, yes, we have very extreme environmentalists. And to some extent, um, I think they're not, not helping in the sense of because then the discussion's becoming more extreme and the gap between the yep. deniers and the actually uh, the other part becomes even more. But on the other hand, we really need to speed up our efforts, right? I mean, it's it's not like we're, we're we still have a lot of time. We really run into traumatic problems that affect all of us. So we should speed up. And that's why I think, do I always support it? No, but I think we need also sometimes um, more radical extremes to really, you know, show there are people they really deeply care and they're really frightened. And this is their way they're expressing it. Um, should we all then start panicking? Of course not, but we should at least allow uh, or be open for it and have an open mind to say, Okay, I acknowledge there's a problem. Let me look what I can do and step by step. And it might be a lot at the beginning, 
it might be small steps. And I think this is, you know, a lot of people ask me, what can I do? I said, start getting, building up knowledge. Once you go down the rabbit hole of climate change and environmentalism, there's no way back. And it, you go deeper and deeper and you're becoming, you know, you will follow this path forever because it's, it's super exciting. It's fascinating. You learn a lot. And actually, it's motivating because you, at some point you will see you actually can have a change and influence. And that's very empowering. And I think uh, I want more people to having this experience. Um, so just be open-minded is the best advice uh, in those controversial discussions. Yeah. No, very, very nice. You mentioned that. I think uh, I I fully agree with that. It's uh, that we should empower them and hopefully get the insight to make the choices themselves. Shall we? Exactly. And and I think there's also, you know, I mean, there's there's a lot of innovation and excitement and also a lot of kind of fun to be had uh, 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 along the way, right? Like as you think about, you know, like, how can I get to work more sustainably, right? Maybe you love riding the the, the, the scooter and you leave your car at home uh, more often, and it's just tremendous amount of of, of joy and, and and fun on a on a on a crisp morning. Um, and so I think it's it's a it's a space that is kind of now ripe with so many new options and inventions, and that also creates excitement. Um, like I, I remember too- when when you know, our solar roof came right and it was you know you couldn't tell that it was solar right because it was uh it was kind of all in the in, in the tiles right all the neighbors would kind of stop and say like what's going on here like you have a glass roof like what's 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 happening um and so there's a, a tremendous amount of just new stuff that is that is fun and 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 interesting um as well and if, if we can kind of spur that and the innovation behind it and then leverage the financial sector to just make it much more accessible, right? I think the the, the challenge that 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 we face is that it's kind of climate change and the discussions around it are, are very often kind of defined as a you know I'm the consumer can't do a lot it's overwhelming um, and it's for kind of governments and big corporations uh, to to fix um, and and I think recognizing that we're you know living in a kind of connected economy and you know when uh i'm filling up my tank right that is uh kind of part of what's what's driving the the, the consumption of 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 oil in the economy um and if i make the decision that you know i need to order something today and i get it like a week ago um because everything is kind of instantly uh shipped right these are choices that have implications that are kind of far beyond my my households, and there are a lot of those choices. Yeah, but I think it's nice. Uh, what, what I actually take from both your stories is that you are actually looking at a very nice prospect of what the future will look like. You have a, 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 something in mind that's worth working towards, right? And I think that that perspective might actually, that narrative might actually be missing uh, to a large extent uh, for a lot of consumers who we very often present climate change as, okay, now you just can't do this anymore. Right, so it's a that mm. narrative. I think turns it into a negative perspective. While I really think that you 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 hit the nail well by saying, you know, it's actually something that once you start learning about what you can do, and you know, and what the future then might look like, that's worth working for, right, and making an effort for, and and you know, uh, working towards impact. 
Yeah, I think, but I think now we're tying in, in, into a entire new topic, which is the social implications of of, of uh, climate change and so on, right? I mean, a lot of us are stuck in the hamster wheels that we are, we're living, right? Um, so our job, stressful, family, et cetera, et cetera. So there's not often not much time, money is tight, um, and so on, especially in, in, in times like this where recession's happening and so on. So there's a lot of other problems and um, my life is already full and now there's, there's other thing on top of it, which I also need to care, care about. And so on. And I think that's an entire other big problem that we need to tackle. But it kind of goes hand in hand because, you know, a lot of that keeps us busy every day is part of the problem that we have. And I think sometimes we really need to zoom out and see on a society level. Um, yeah, we have built something amazing. We have come quite far for the last 200 years. But is it really good for everyone? I doubt it. I think this is, uh, but it's a different discussion. So I don't want to open this up. No, 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 I agree. And, and, yeah. So, but I think again, like I, I think there is such a huge opportunity to just, just create more transparency um, in in like what really matters. Like I, you know, the Financial Times did did an interesting survey. I think of a year and in, in some ago, asking about you know what do you think really has an impact. Uh, on 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 climate change, and if I recall correctly, I think it was you know recycling and LED light bulbs kind of ranking uh, all the way at at the top. What I didn't see is you know what's the impact if you know an American family like like mine changes their thermostat in the summer from a chilly sixty eight degrees Fahrenheit to a still pretty chilly seventy five degrees Fahrenheit. Um, huge impact, right? Like you you look at the math. Uh, and and the data and and again like we are talking about not kilograms here and there but we're talking about tons and tons of carbon that 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 we can eliminate with with different choices and some of them are are not difficult right I mean I'm always kind of perplexed that uh, sometimes in in my kind of uh, you know prior prior jobs right you're extremely cold in the office. Uh, so you're extremely hot in the office in the winter because you know the uh, the the kind of HVAC is is blasting and you're cold in the summer, right? Yeah. It's it's it makes no sense and and kind of as an economist, right? I see all of these kind of inefficiencies all over the place, right? Where you could be spending less money and reducing your footprint, and you know probably having a better time doing it. Um, and I think the same is true in some of those kind of bigger uh, structural. Uh, issues that that we're facing, including the fact that you know, if we look look at office cooling, right, hugely inefficient, right, because no one is properly documenting it, and, and nobody is really translating the fact that I am hot in my office in uh, in the winter and I am freezing, so I have to put on an extra uh, kind of pair of of, um, of of clothes in the in in the summer. How many tons does that translate to once we look at the entire building? Um, yeah. And it's it's you know the the work that kind of you know David and Ecolytic and, and others are doing and, and the work that uh, kind of our uh, AI and, and machine learning team is is doing at at Future I think is really about making this like front and center and having that information available when you make the purchase when you make the decision. Yeah. So if we can bridge that to the transparency yeah, because I think that topic uh, I, I fully agree there that's going to play a really important role in driving this forward. Uh, and we see, of course, on one end that that you know government needs to come needs to sort of assess whether the price points are uh, at the right level where they want it to be. If you want to stimulate proper behavior versus uh, bad behavior, kind of 
uh, whether that actually pricing uh, sustains that, right? Because at some point, otherwise, people with a smaller budget would always go for the cheaper option, which might actually have a negative impact on the environment. Um, but of course, besides the government, we we see that there's also quite a strong tendency from society to ask the financial industries to step in. Um, I'm just really curious about the, the role that you see had there. Uh, I think you both collaborate with financial institutions a lot, so you, you see already that relationship evolve. Where is that going to go from here onwards? What, where, how do you think that the, the societal expectations, uh, as well as I think also the internal drive of the financial industry to make impact, how is that going to evolve? Happy to jump in. Um, so I think there's, I mean, when you look from our perspective, obviously we're looking at the retail side and saying, okay, there's a lot of data you already have in your basements for decades. Let's use them in order to build transparency and education and you know, ultimately the engagement, awareness and empowerment to consumers to actually drive change. Um, but on the other hand, I think this is one thing that we can do and what we're specialized in, but on the other hand, in the larger picture, I mean, we we need to transform our economy into something that is more sustainable. And, you know, I can tell the consumers, leave your car back home, best case, sell it and only use public transport. But then we still need to change the bus using gasoline to use a new form of uh, renewable energy. Yeah. And that requires investments and that requires a huge update of our infrastructure. And that is really, we need to touch everything. And this is where, I mean, the financial world was built for, right? Managing investments and helping the economy to drive this forward. And so I think that's the beauty about it. The only thing that we're missing right now is where do we want to head to? We all know we want to solve the climate change issue, but we are talking about definitions. What is green? What isn't green? Those kind of things. And if we're clear on this, I think the finance industry have the best decades that ever come because literally everything we have needs to be changed into something more sustainable. So it's a massive uh, investment case that will happen. And I think it's driven by consumers saying, I want to do something. I'm willing to spend money and I'm willing to install a solar roof. I'm willing to change my car. I'm willing to use more public transport. And every everything else will need to keep up. And in the center of it is the finance industry. So I would open a bank if I would not run Nicolitic at the moment. <laughs> nice one. How do you see yeah, this? I, mean, yeah. I sorry, I, I agree. I think there's yeah, a huge um, uh, investment uh, case ahead because we're really in, in really disruptive times, right? And, and disruptive times is when um, you know kind of smart investments uh, kind of come come to the fore that can really act as as a as a catalyst of change, but also you know benefit from 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 that uh, that that change and. Um, some of these new aspects of, of the economy as well. And then I think on the very kind of individual level, I think, um, you know, we, we are kind of looking to, to the future where, um, you know, banks and, and other financial institutions um, can play more of a bridging role uh, to enable choices for uh, a greater number of, of, of households, right? And this, it doesn't have to be the, the, the solar roof or the solar panel or the electric uh, car, right? It doesn't just have to be kind of the the big uh, purchases, right? Even an electric bike uh, is is still fairly expensive for 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 a lot of uh, for for a lot of families. Um, looking at you know, does it make sense to switch out those window air conditioners uh, to a heat pump if if you're in the in, in the kind of right right climate, right? There are a lot of kind of choices that make financial sense. Um, and also drive more 
convenience and more comfort for for families, but that are just not available. Um, and I think that's that's really a, a major a major challenge. Um, and I think I'm also looking at this globally. I think often the conversation is, you know, centered on you know the American consumer or the, the European consumer, um, but we're looking at at large emerging markets where um, if we are really uh, inspiring, you know, families who might buy a car for the first time to opt for the electric option, and we want to kind of create the infrastructure to do that. I think the financial system really has to focus on these markets where a lot of carbon is, is going to come from in the future if we don't create kind of the level playing field um, and, and the kind of systems and, as David mentioned, the infrastructure uh, to, you know, to, to make it you know worthwhile to get an EV in Kenya or in Ghana or, or in yep. kind of other uh, fast-growing emerging markets around the world. It's nice that you that you make that bridge as well, because I think both of you drew uh, your inspiration to actually go into this field from emerging markets, right? Uh, David in Asia and Jean-Louis, you in uh, in Africa, sure. where you actually saw uh, things go wrong uh, that dro- drove you to actually move into uh, uh, creating future or uh, analytic, uh, ecolytic. So I think that's that's re- really interesting to see what what we can do there. I think it's, it's, qu- it's quite a big chunk of work there still. If you look at the way we're currently dealing with uh, development aid and how we're supporting these economies, I think definitely one of the topics that should be on the agenda there. I think, I think you're absolutely right. I just want to confirm it, but I don't want to jump in. All right. No, so I think that's definitely a nice one. So and um, so the financial industry should look at basically providing the information uh, should help in financing and allowing for investment opportunities to be to, to to be directed in the right way. And actually, they could benefit from them uh, largely, if I summarize that correctly. Um, and I think there's a lot of help to be done as well uh, uh, in actually getting things done. I see, for example, uh, as well, very often that people are pretty helpless to actually figure out what to do, right? So there's very strong need for an advisory role as well to sometimes just get help with uh, you know understanding whether what you for example could do to actually improve the economic status the, the ecological footprint of your house for example or what the impact of your travel might be or what choices you can make that actually might be on the on the better hand and just get simple help uh, already i see for example that there's a lot of um, subsidies going around to support people to make the right choice but now and then you actually find that these subsidies are actually written in a form that most people don't have access to it, right? Uh, technically, they would, but they just won't understand what to have to do. It's just too cumbersome. Uh, and so there's, I think there's a lot of uh, room for, for improvement as well as advisory, I think, for people to 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 one and see their impact, but also get really strong handled. And I, I think that's also what you mentioned before, to have choices uh, and to be able to pick the right one, right? Um what we see as well, uh, especially in Europe, I think, is the, the regulators moving into this space as well. Uh, they really want to nudge the financial industry to, on one hand, create transparency, for example, with the taxonomy for uh, ESG matters uh, from the, uh, the European Committee, uh, as well as that you see, I think, across the board worldwide, you see that everyone's trying to create much more transparency, reporting on the impact of investments that are being made, customers that are being served. Um David, what do you think? Uh, what's what's the impact of that? Uh, is that helping uh, at the moment, or does it also create another problem for, uh, for example, the financial institutions you work with? No, I think I mean we all have to do something, right? And that includes uh, also regulators, that includes the financial industry, that includes us as, as consumers, and, and many more. So uh, I think overall it's helping. Um, at the same time, it's 
also limited or let's say uh, influenced by the system that we have created. Um, you know, if you think about um, how what we call green um, is it is it really natural grass gas is it really is it really sustainable or not? Now, do you think it is? Um, I think we all know where where this is coming from and why it ended up there. Um, but it's a first start, right? And I think regulation changes over time as well. As long as we we really understand this is a journey, and also regulators understand and saying this is a journey, um, we need to work hand in hand. It's you know it's often that you know regulation in the market seen as this 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 uh, government stepping in and want to kill our business and so on. But frankly, sometimes they have to step in because you stepped over a couple of boundaries which you shouldn't step the first hand. And probably if you if it would affect your own children, you wouldn't do it either, right? But the market anyway has developed into it. So I think regulation is a good thing um, and I would embrace it as long as regulations are um, keeping up with where the world needs to head to. And this is sometimes where regulation is sometimes seen a bit too slow. And I think that's also a problem. So it's it's really for both sides, right? Let's work hand in hand. And then I think it's, it's actually a good movement. Um, and that's overall for the entire topic sustainability, uh, collaboration is really key on all levels. And if we manage that, then it's good. Yeah, yeah. And I think we just have to make it a lot easier for 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 folks to to make these uh, uh, choices and also to benefit from from those um, incentives. I think uh, Don, you you mentioned it, right? There's there, there's subsidies, there are tax incentives. But you know, if if you are yeah, living in the suburbs and you're looking to change your gas uh, water heater, it's an electric water heater. There's a rebate somewhere out there, right? That that that, that kind of uh, is is kind of helping you finance that that transition. But the paperwork is pretty uh, pretty uh, pretty tough. Uh, a lot of folks are not aware about it. And so one of the things that that I'm I'm excited about, for example, here here in the U.S. is with the the Inflation Reduction Act or the the, the climate bill, is that you know now you have opportunity to get a tax incentive for a secondhand uh, electric vehicle, which which I think is a is a big deal because in the past a lot of those kind of tax incentives for sustainable choices have really gone to to kind of more of the affluent uh, kind of income uh, strata here, and and I think again broadening this and making these uh, things a lot more accessible to to everyday uh, households for everyday decisions, I think is, is absolutely crucial. Yeah, cool. So, so how is the, the US market evolving with that regard? Do you see more and more regulations popping up, also basically based on a new bill indeed, uh, that's supporting the uh, uh, ecological change uh, and more sustainability? Uh, is that also working towards the financial industry in the, in the US? Yeah, yeah, I think there's there's a lot of disruption. I think that's that's kind of coming coming down the pipe. I think uh, the the Inflation Reduction um, Act obviously is, is a is a, a huge deal, and you know it's a lot of kind of back and forth in in, in the process. But also, if you look at you know what's what's happening uh, on uh, on 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 the on the state side, right? You look at uh, you know whether it's it's um, uh, places like uh, like like California. Uh, around uh, electric vehicles or you know, places like uh, uh, Maryland and, and others uh, driving more uh, sustainable choice. I think you'll see a lot of kind of legislation uh, that's coming out at the at the state level uh, as well, because I think what we've seen now really over the last you know, two or three summers is I think there is a real perception that these extreme event, events are, are, are getting worse. And, you know, you have 
drought and wildfires on one side of the country and extreme flooding on, on the other. And, and it's hitting people's homes, right? It's yeah. it's becoming, you know, it's no longer just kind of carbon uh, that, that I can't see and touch. It's like my basement flooded, right? I've lived in my house for, uh, you know, 12 years, right? Three times in a row, my basement flooded because our infrastructure was just not built to handle the amount of water that we were suddenly uh, had kind of gushing yep. down our street. Um, and so it becomes very real. And I think when it becomes very real, I think voters become demanding, consumers become demanding. And I think the, the system just has to uh, has to kind of shift and, and adapt to, to a more kind of modern, low-carbon economy. Yeah, cool. Nice to see that development indeed also in parallel uh, moving upwards in the U.S. to uh, to drive the sustainability movement there. Um, I'm afraid we're already through our time, so we really have to wrap it up. Uh, but maybe just to ask you uh, for any follow-up, Jean-Louis, how could be people best reach out to you if they want to know more about future and uh, and what you do? Yes, I would I would uh, love everyone to to join our movement at at future green or look us up on the app store uh, under under future card and and be be part of the the movement uh, to to make your kind of everyday transactions uh, count. Uh, we're uh, in due course uh, launching on the Google Play Store uh, as well, and we're really looking forward to expanding this first in the US and then ultimately in uh, parts of Europe uh, and elsewhere in the world as well. Great. Looking forward to that, Jean-Louis. Thanks a lot. Uh, Thanks. David, where could people be best keep track of you? Um, Equally.com, our website, reach out. Um, if you're from a financial industry, we always love to talk. If you're a consumer, talk to your bank and then send them our website. And then uh, hopefully we can generate the pressure that way. Great. Thank you, David. Uh, thank you for talking here about Ecolytic and uh, Jean-Louis uh, to talk about the uh, future. Uh, I think you've got some very nice proposition and I hope that uh, you, listener, got to the benefits of that by understanding a little bit more what's happening on both sides of the Atlantic Ocean uh, with the development of uh, sustainable finance. Uh, my name is Don Ginsel. Uh, I run Holland Fintech and do all kinds of projects in both sustainable finance, inclusive finance, and uh, running fintech ecosystems. Uh, and looking forward to speak to you all again. Please find me on LinkedIn and uh, see you at the next Breaking Banks. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to Breaking Banks Europe, a Provoke Media podcast in cooperation with Fintech Stage. Don't forget to tweet us out, shout out, or post to the team at Breaking Banks EU on Twitter. If there's something or someone you'd like to hear on our cast, let us know. See you next week on Breaking Banks Europe.